It is indeed, and uh, seven minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's a Thought Leader Thursday, and uh, uh, this evening on our Thought Leader Thursday, I have the pleasure of uh, hosting Dr. Kul Umbata, uh, who's currently Special Advisor on International Relations to uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa, and uh, certainly a seasoned activist in his own right, going into exile after the Soweto riots in 1976, and uh, studying in Germany uh, in the 70s uh, and coming back in the early 90s uh, to uh, work with the National Executive Committee and the Working Committee of the ANC. And uh, we're going to talk to him about some of those experiences, but also uh, his uh, latest uh, online exhibition here titled Negotiating Democracy and a reflection on some of the images he took uh, during that uh, fateful moment. Uh, Dr. Mbata, Sawam Gela, Metro FM Talk, and thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Good evening, uh, Wanga, and good evening also to the listeners. Mm. Dr. Mata, I want us maybe, I guess, uh, you know, before we get into uh, your own reflections on uh, some of the work that you've done uh, uh, within the ANC alongside uh, uh, the old man, Matiba, uh, to also reflect, I guess, maybe uh, on the passing of Uzinziswa Mandela, uh, uh, the daughter of uh, Winnie and Nelson Mandela, uh, I mean, just talk to us about some of your own reflections of uh, on Zinzi's life, the legacy she leaves behind, and uh, some of your enduring memories uh, of uh, uh, somebody many are calling uh, or have called Umazet. Uh, thank you, Wonga. Uh, First, uh, let me pass my condolences to the Mandela family. They've lost a fighter and a pillar in the family. Uh, yeah, I got closer to Zinzi during the time of the negotiations. And uh, after the uh, uh, we celebrated freedom in 1994, uh, as Somebody who was working with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Afrenzo Nzinzi, was accompanying President Mandela on his first trips to the U.S., to Britain, and to many countries. I can remember very well that we spent almost 10 days in the U.S. together. We were sleeping mm -hmm. in the same house as guests of the Clinton administration. Uh, we we got photos sort of, uh, sort of that uh, together with her maybe something that is not known. Uh, when we were in Washington, and uh, a person like uh, Whitney Houston, who sang at the God, at the Rose Garden for Nelson Mandela, she, after her singing, she wanted to accompany us back to South Africa to get into our plane, and uh, we had to tell her. It is not possible. You have to prepare for this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, with Zinzi, we decided we must do something. And, uh, of course, uh, we're uh, very successful in bringing, together with other South African sponsors, mm. in bringing Whitney Houston in '95 to perform at uh, yeah. Ellis Park, you know. So those were great moments. Let me say this also that uh, in Zinzi we had somebody who could have become anything. You know, growing up in Soweto, your father in jail, 
uh, your mother being harassed by the system, Zinzi could have become something else. She could have become a street child. She could have gotten into drugs and so on. But thanks to the people who were close to Comrade Winnie, who looked after them and who were able to always take them across to Swaziland to first get education. And then with that education, Zinzi was then armed with political education, which she did not learn in any university, but right in her house, because when those mm-hmm. policemen came to kick that door to fetch her mother, Zin, uh, Zinzi was always there. And through that experience, she became so politically matured that I think any parent would have wished to have had a child like Zinzi. She was streetwise, she was politically matured, and uh, yeah, she left too early, I can say. She just left too early, yeah. I mean, talk to us about, I mean, you were in exile in the 80s, um, and maybe some of the reports you you guys would get back from home, you know, about the, the activities of many of the organizations Zinzi would have been a part of. I mean, I'm thinking about the Soweto Youth Congress, for instance, um, and many of the other uh, activities of the underground inside of the country. Uh, in the reports that you got, uh, I mean, what would you normally hear? I mean, as a Sowetan yourself, uh, what would you normally hear about uh, the work that uh, Zinzi would do alongside her mother and alongside many of her other comrades within Soiko as well? Yeah, that's why when I was uh, listening again to the letter that uh, uh, then jailed Mandela was speaking to the regime through Zinzi, then I said, you know, to myself, what if somebody else read that letter? Would it have had the same impact that it had mm-hmm. in 1985? I asked myself this question because every sentence and every word and the way she read that letter, she was not only speaking to the regime, she was speaking to the whole world, and we were far away, and maybe we got the news far later than when she read. Mm. But when you went through the, 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 the message, then you realize that it was as if she had written that letter. And therefore, knowing that she had never lived with her father, then she was representing her father. She had gotten into the shoes of Mandela, and she was the Mandela mm. herself. It really moved us, yeah, yeah. It and inspired us yeah, because, yeah. Uh, to tell the truth, in some moments we lost hope that we'll ever come back home. You know. Mm, mm, mm. And um, yeah. certainly, I mean, doff our hat here at Metro FM Talk uh, to the memory of of her uh, as a revolutionary, as a freedom fighter in her own right, and uh, we often. I guess, uh, find ourselves falling on the wrong side of memory and history when uh, we speak of her only in terms of uh, her as the daughter of great leaders of our people when she was a leader of our people in her own right. And uh, we're hearing in her memorial service this evening of the great work she did even in organizing those in the creative economy and the creative sectors of our community for the underground struggle and uh, certainly a creative in her own right, a poet. uh, And uh, I think we join you, uh, Bob Mbata and sending our deep condolences to the Mandela family. But that being said, uh, I also want to talk to you, I guess, about uh, uh, your return to the country, because uh, the uh, current exhibition 
uh, online exhibition, uh, Negotiating Democracy, covers a lot of the images that you took uh, uh, of meetings uh, to plan the negotiating positions of the ANC uh, at the time. And uh, when I reflect and we look at some of those images, quite interesting to see uh, some of those people there. I was saying earlier on the likes of Cheryl Corollis, the Popomulifis and many others. And if we think about this in the context of Mandela Month, where many, certainly in my generation, are very critical of the memory of Mandela, of how Mandela is um, memorialized and sort of uh, crystallized in symbol in this country, um, what, I, what many of us often call the teddy bear data, rather than the agitator, the activist, and the rabble rouser. Talk to us about uh, some of your reflections in working with Mandela when uh, you came back into the country, uh, be it at Shell House or even uh, thereafter, I guess, uh, within government uh, in the early phases of uh, the project of state formation here in South Africa. What, what are some of the things that remain with you and uh, uh, that came up as uh, you probably dusted off these images uh, as you were preparing for the exhibition? Yeah, thank you, Longa. Uh, Let me just reflect about that era, 91 to 94. Uh, first, there was a, an issue, Mandela or O.R. Tambo. But, uh, you know, things worked out that way that uh, uh, O.R. Tambo was incapacitated. And uh, we did not know Mandela. We did not know his leadership. He had not commanded mm. us outside. And uh, we, 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 we thought, you know, we thought now, how is he going to do it? But, you know... Uh, to have a person of that caliber, a person who was not only interested that the negotiations take place between the ANC and the National Party, but he he was very, 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 very strong on the fact that the ANC must not be seen to be negotiating on behalf of the people alone. So he went all out to organize and to emphasize that these negotiations must involve anyone, any party that thinks it has something to contribute towards freedom. And so mm -hmm. he made sure that he went all out. All the Bantustan leaders, those who want to get to participate, I can remember very well how he tried, Mandela tried together with the Deputy President then of the PAC, uh, now former Deputy Chief Justice Tihang Museneke, how they tried to influence the PAC to come and participate. He went as far as going to Harare to meet the exile groups of the PAC. Mm -hmm. There was the one that was in Zimbabwe, the one that was in Tanzania. And they failed because they were saying, no, we cannot negotiate. But he came yeah. back and tried and put all together that there were so many parties that participated, thanks to Mandela's vision. But Mandela had to make sure that the ANC remains united because in 91, when they came together, it was exiles, it was people who were working underground, it was mm. people coming from Robben Island, it was just the youth of the time had nothing to do with the ANC Youth League from exile. So we had to make sure that these people think 
the same way, have the same vision. And Mandela, in those NEC meetings, he was thorough, he was a listener, he could have a, a different view, but he made sure that each one, each one, had was free to contribute the way he or she thinks mm. on everything. Uh, let me say one thing, lastly, that, uh, you know, I can remember the debate about the flag. I think Comrade Vale Musa was responsible in the committee that was to decide on the flags. I remember when he came with these four flags and say they've now uh, reduced the, the debate to the four flags. And when I look at these flags at the uh, NWC meeting, they were ugly flags. Ugly flags. <laughs> and the, the least I did not appreciate is the current flag. <laughs> it's shaped and everything. I said, my God, what type of flag is this? <laughs> but you know yeah, what? Yeah. After a week of, the, of robust discussions, I'm saying even the flag was a topic that had to be discussed before mm -hmm. it's taken mm -hmm. to other parties at the negotiations in Kempton Park. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah here we are. But, but here we are. I want, us to yeah. I want us to pause here for a second. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll uh, continue our conversation. Just want to take a quick spot break. And uh, I'm in conversation with Dr. Kulumbata, and uh, we're reflecting on uh, the heady days of uh, the negotiations uh, uh, that underpinned our democratic breakthrough and uh, talking to him about his online exhibition titled Negotiating a Democracy. He's our thought leader on this. This is indeed our thought leader Thursday segment and uh, 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. I'm in conversation with Dr. Kulumbata, who's the current special advisor on international relations uh, to uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa and uh, also an accomplished diplomat, author and a columnist. Uh, he released his book, Unmasked, Why the ANC Has Failed to Govern, in 2017, and his online exhibition, Negotiating Democracy, is uh, currently a screening under the auspices of the Nelson Mandela Foundation. And we speak to him uh, this Mandela month uh, to uh, reflect on the leadership ethos uh, of uh, our former president, uh, Nelson Mandela. And uh, Dr. Mbata, I guess, you know, in the last few months or so, least of all on social media, one of the big issues that have been flagged uh, by, by many people is uh, certainly the uh, sensitivity that uh, Nelson Mandela had in some of his own choices uh, in his first cabinet uh, to, to this idea of a generational mix. I mean, if I think about some of the people who are in that cabinet uh, who were in their 30s, uh, uh, many of whom are still active in our government now, and uh, you know, I think our finance minister was the labor minister then, uh, um, we certainly don't see the same or, I guess, much of the same now. And uh, many people reflecting on that and saying that that was really the kind of foresight that was needed because the state formation project needed to transcend multiple generations and have some generational baton uh, in crafting the state, building the nation, and uh, I guess the, the tasks of reconstruction as well. What are your views on that? And I guess uh, also uh, uh, Matiba's relations with young people as well, because in as much as he had young people in his cabinet, he was also quite stern uh, with many in the student movement as well at the time. Yeah. We, we, we can start by saying, uh, you see, that generation of Madiba, Sisulu, O.R., and so on, those were youth leaguers, actually. Those were the mm. founders of the mm. youth league. Those were... Uh, 
the youth leaguers, when they came into the ANC, they came with the slogan that said, freedom in our lifetime. And uh, they accomplished that. They accomplished that. And Madiba was very, 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 very wise. Many people don't know that he had a tumultuous uh, uh, relationship with uh, Peter Mukaba. I had to always go to Peter and say, this is what is going to be discussed. Please, your approach has to be in this fashion. Anyway, but Madiba was convinced that if we don't bring the youth to participate, to do as they did, this freedom, this democracy will have no guarantee, will have Mm. no guarantee. And that's why it was deliberate. That first cabinet of uh, uh, Madiba, he took time, it took almost two weeks to put it together because he was consulting and he made sure that there is a good representation from the youth. Well, uh, what is happening today, I think since he left uh, uh, the presidency, there are so many things that came uh, into play within the organization, but also the challenges of our time, which were a bit Mm. different from trying to negotiate, you know. Now we're finished negotiation. Now we were talking about building South Africa. Sure, we're sure. talking now about the RDPs. We're talking about so many things. And uh, I think that's where uh, missteps crept in because now this was a new, new, new pathway. There, were, there, was, there was no dictionary. There was no roadmap to say this is how you must do it. This is how you must not do it. And in that, I think, the organization has been found wanting. Mm. It was found wanting to a great extent, also neglecting the youth. If you think of what has happened about the youth league, well, the youth league, you know, this year, 2020, uh, with the anniversary of the uh, June 16, there was nothing, almost nothing from the ANC youth league. I, I nearly cried. I cried. You know, well, it's we're not there. in lockdown I mean, there's, there's conditions. The National Youth Task Team, the National Youth Task Team is not there. You say? No, no. I'm saying there's the, there's the National Youth Task Team, and I guess the, the, the I mean, organizationally, many people would say it's not there. It's not. Uh, you know, it's the, not there. It's there. not. It's not there. Mm. Actually, we, we we can say the organization has killed its youth. Uh, segment, and it's going to be difficult to build, to build a youth league uh, of the caliber that is the ANC always boasted of. You know, uh, a youth league that was robust, a youth league that could challenge leadership. And when the youth league, I mean, when I we um, Malimas and so on challenge some of the ideas rightly or wrongly then the leadership was very 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 harsh came out very hard. I mean it was only mm-hmm. among a few like uh, 
former president Khalima Mutlante, who said, no, no, can we be patient with this youth? Because they cannot always say the right things. But uh, there was no time for that because uh, I think uh, many other uh, ill things had gotten into the organization because now, if you think of that leadership, ethical uh, behavior has gone down. Uh, anyone can say anything. Anyone can claim anything. Uh, you know, it's 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 it's, it's unacceptable. Uh, so we have lost the youth. But uh, you see, because I work with the youth, because mm-hmm. I want to inspire the youth to say, no, 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 no. There was nothing that the Mandela uh, group had left undone. No, no. They could not have delivered democracy and everything. Mandela said there are still many steps to climb to reach the top of the mountain. So Mm -hmm. we leave it up to you. And therefore, I think it is my task, it is the task of my generation to show that no, there were not mistakes made in the negotiations. The mistakes that we must do is ours in trying to build this nation of ours. I mean, I yeah. may touch on something very sensitive. Uh, Mandela and O.R. Campbell always talk about the, a people's government. And Mandela says a people's government is not black or white. The people's government represents all South Africans. We cannot say that today. I'm sorry. We cannot say that because even under COVID-19 challenges, we can see that we've become more divided as black people. We've become more divided black and white. And mm-hmm. uh, I, think, uh, I think it is one of the reasons that we all came to support President Ramaphosa because he is doing his best to try and send one message that this responsibility is for all of us. Yeah. It's for all of us, and uh, we have to mobilize the youth. And uh, I'm saying I want to spend the last days uh, of my work, uh, and that's why with this exhibition, to speak mm. to the youth, to tell them to engage, to engage, because they have their own views which we must respect, sure. to engage them and say democracy is a process. It's not uh, a gift. It's not something that is mm. presented to you and uh, you live with it. No, it's a process. The Constitution, as President Ramaphosa says, it's our ID. It does not contain solutions. It contains a vision how what type of South Africa would like to see mm. in future. And therefore, we have to start from there and move together. Sure, sure. Bob Kulu, yeah. I want us maybe to return to, to the exhibition itself and uh, maybe give us the backstory here. Why were you the one carrying the camera at the meeting? Okay. <laughs> I was the one who was doing everything. <laughs> oh, okay. I, organized, I organized the venues. I had to decide on the venues with our security of the ANC. 
we had to decide how many people come. We had to decide. Then there, there were no four provinces. There were so many regions. There was Southern Natal, uh, Natal Midlands, and Northern Natal. There was Eastern Cape. There was uh, Northern uh, Free State. There was Southern Free State. There were so many. And we had to organize their traveling and everything, their booking in hotels. I must say also, if you don't know, I had to decide who sleeps in which room with who. <laughs> and sometimes you get into trouble because you put two people together uh, and then they fight in, in the morning. In the morning, you have a problem. You have to change people and so on. But then, because politics was paramount, it was easy to working with that National Executive Committee. You know, mm. the Joe Slovos, the Babun Kovis, the John Daddy Mings, and so on. It was easy working with them because there was only one purpose. They had to make sure that we succeed in the negotiations. So during breaks, I said, no, I must maybe take some pictures of them you know, relax and just uh, seeing them together, members of the UDF or former UDF then, the leadership, the core, the Carlos, the Molise, and so on. Yes. Terra Lekota yes. and so on. So, uh, and uh, when I look at it today, I said, my God, at least the Sicilus and the Tambos are gone. But you still have the Carolus. You have Popo Mulife. You have this. They can still be of great importance to divulge, to engage with the youth of today. And, and, and when you think about some of those people, I mean, uh, I saw Trevor Manuel there. I saw Tabon Beke as well in, in, in some of those pictures. Uh, I, I, I saw a man with a lot of hair who looked like Raymond Sutner as well. Um, yeah. who, who was in Joel the pictures as well. Told Nechitenze, yes, Peter Maibue. When you think about where all of them are in relation to the ANC, because I mean, I, I guess that was a meeting of the ANC. Um, if you think about them in relation to the ANC, uh, or even within the structure you might be a part of, which is the Veterans League, uh, I mean, what role can they play? You, you've already said there's at least some role they can play in passing the baton to younger people, but what role can they play? In, in the day-to-day -day organizational activities of the African National Congress, and maybe, uh, as some people have suggested inside of the ANC, it's tasks of renewal. Uh, the, the reason I created this exhibition, because I had to talk to them individually, I, I was reminding them that, you know, you are not negotiating, you are not participating uh, for yourselves. Now that mm. you are physically out of uh, the activities of the ANC, you still owe the nation. It's about writing books, but it's also trying to see if you can explain things in a different way so that the youth can understand what has happened to that ANC. What, what really has happened to the ANC? Is it ideological issues? Is it political issues? What mm -hmm. has crept in? Is it the challenges of our times? Power, power relations, you know. Just have a leader who can explain what does it mean to have a power. Most of them have been 
uh, premiers of provinces, there have been ministers of finances, uh, I mean, ministers Heads of, of finance. SOEs. Uh, yeah. Yes. They can explain what really happened, what are the issues. Because to just leave it like that, it means you have to start from scratch and ask yourself. If you ask yourself today about SAA, SAA has been an issue ever since we came into government. And it really, really, really disappoints me that even today we have not got things right with the uh, SAA. You know? Mm. Bombard. And we have people who have lived experiences, you know? Eish. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And uh, I, I mean, I, I really like how this can maybe be seen as an impetus to, to come back to some of those conversations and uh, be able to give uh, some insights and some uh, institutional memory and experience uh, to that. Unfortunately, we have run out of time and uh, we're going to have to leave it there. But before we let you go, I mean, where can people access this uh, exhibition? We know uh, they certainly can't go to the uh, Mandela Center of Memory uh, in Houghton uh, because of COVID-19. But uh, where can they access the exhibition? Well, uh, I still hope that uh, we'll be able to launch it physically uh, in a time when uh, we don't have COVID-19. For now, that's all we can. I can see also that we had to show only status of the interviews because the interviews give you an insight of the thinking of the time, you know. So and, uh, and uh, I've been trying also to speak because our intention was that this exhibition will be with the Nelson Mandela Foundation for six months. That was from January, from February uh, 2020 until June, and then we thought then uh, we'll travel with the exhibition and go to different cities, engaging specifically with the youth. I hope we'll still be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Mbata, thank you very much for your time and uh, a real pleasure, as always, to uh, hear from you and uh, thank you very much. It's a great pleasure, Ayawonga, and thanks to the listeners. That there was uh, Dr. Kulumbata, accomplished diplomat, uh, current special advisor on international relations to uh, President Sir Ramaphosa, is an author as well, having released the book Unmarked, uh, Why the ANC Failed to Govern, and he's got a photographic and online exhibition, Negotiating Democracy, currently screening, and uh, uh, looking at some of the images of uh, the early internal meetings of the ANC and uh, in preparation for the negotiations uh, that paved the way for the 1994 breakthrough. Uh, I'd love to hear from you and uh, many of you uh, continuing to make your comments uh, on that question and uh, we'll uh, certainly continue on that vein uh, on the other side of our break. Uh, We're going to be catching up with Humapolo, but James Ngoba is going to join us. Uh, But before we do that, uh, we uh, after this brief break, going to take a look at what's happening with community health workers in Bishaw in the Eastern Cape who are demanding permanent posts. We're also going to take a look at uh, what's happening with relocation efforts in the city of Twane. Stay tuned.